This episode of the podcast is brought to you by feeling around inside a mayo jar for a hidden treasure map. I don't particularly enjoy violence. That being said, you are currently in company of extremely violent individuals. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that knows Rufus Buck is not the devil, because we've met him, (laughs) and he's white. (laughs) I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to discuss The Harder They Fall. Oh yeah. Very, very cool recent film. You know me, Zach. I told you this. Mm -hmm. Westerns are probably my favorite genre. And that's why I was like, ooh, Frank's going to get excited for this one. You're tickling my my ivories on this one. (laughs) You're pickling my tickling. (laughs) All right, so with that being said, Harder They Fall came out in 2021, directed by James Samuel and also Bose Yakin, who both did the screenplay for as well as writing it. Um, and then just got to throw it out there too, James Samuel did all the music for it, which I love the soundtrack for this film. Um, you have two gangs in this film, and they will be told in order. So first up, Jonathan Mayers plays Nat Love. Part of his gang is Zazie Beetz, who plays Stagecoach Mary. R.J. Seiler, who plays Jim Beckworth. Eddie Gathke, who plays Bill Pickett. Delroy Lindo, who plays Bass Reeves. And then Danielle Deadwire, who plays Cuffy. And then on the opposite side, you got Idris Elba, who plays Rufus Buck. And then his gang is basically half of that cast, which is just Regina King, who plays treacherous Trudy Smith, my man Lakeith Stanfield, who plays Cherokee Bill, and then kind of Dion Cole, who plays Wiley Esco. Yeah. And that's the that's the big cast right there. That's yeah, a yeah, that's yeah. a lot of people in there. Yeah. Um and if you don't know, I guess this is a Netflix original, right? Mm-hmm. Um come to learning that like sometimes Netflix originals like that doesn't necessarily mean that Netflix made them. Mm-hmm. It come, like I, I was actually like realizing that Netflix that could basically mean that a movie can get made and then go around like the circuit mm-hmm. and then Netflix can just be like we want to pick that up yeah and like release that under our name so I don't know if like Netflix was like I'm gonna do this or like, like hey we're gonna do this or if it just happened to be like Jeremy was like I'm gonna make this and then it just ended up Netflix was like yeah we, we thought that was cool we'll, yeah. we'll buy that <laughs> from you but uh either way uh, basically, this is a film about um, an outlaw discovers that his enemy is being released from prison, um, i.e. Nat Love. And the reason why he's, he's his enemy is because he fucking uh, Idris Elba's character kills his family. In the first five minutes of the film. <laughs> uh, and basically, he just ends up reuniting with his gang to seek revenge. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a classic Western tale. Like, I wouldn't say that there is... The, the core tale is kind of it's generic yeah. for a Western. It's kind of like we've seen this a million times. I do think that they do some interesting stuff to, to, to make a somewhat generic, familiar plot mm-hmm. more unique. One of the big things is, A, they have an all-black cast. Yeah, which just feels fantastic. Yeah. Like, the, the amount of people that are in this film are, like, top-tier and especially Zazie Beats, like I love her, and I haven't seen a lot of her, but what I have seen, I'm like, man, I really love her as an actress. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like definitely the cast is what makes this. <laughs> I thought you were gonna keep. Going. I was assuming you were gonna keep going. <laughs> I thought you were gonna keep going. Um. Something else that I thought was kind of interesting was the 
the incorporation of having a revenge tale and then in the middle of that revenge tale you have an entire subplot of a bank robbery mm-hmm. heist which in in a traditional western that can kind of be like its own full movie yeah. like they are they are preparing for this huge bank heist and then they do the heist and then and then they're the outlaws and they're running away from the law and i thought that that kind of again taking a generic kind of run of the mill story and then kind of just making it a little bit more unique is having a whole subplot of traditional Western things like that. And then just incorporating it into the story. Because again, if you just had Nat love trying to find Mm -hmm. his, his arch nemesis again, we've seen it before. I mean, just watch any Clint Eastwood movie. Like we've seen it. Right. (laughs) Plus at that point too, the time would be cut down. Like, I think that at that point it would be like an hour and a half. Right. Which I will say, Mm -hmm. I think that this movie could have been shaved off a little bit. I I, did find the two 20 out, the the two hour, 20 minute mark mm -hmm. running a little long. Yeah. I feel like maybe like 10, 15 minutes of this could have been shaved down. Yeah. But also what I really, really appreciate is the fact that they took the time to kind of let us get to know each side of the gangs yeah like we've had like we literally had like probably 40 minutes each before we got up to the big standoff yeah of getting to know rufus buck treacherous trudy cherokee bill and then on the other side like learning about like nat love and stagecoach mary and jim and bill and then (laughs) cuffy like you really got to know each and every one of them and understand like how they function yeah um, there's also, uh, a, like you were mentioning, like really great music. Yeah. I feel like this movie almost borders on like a musical though. Like, I don't know if you got that vibe. Well, what do you mean? Cause the characters don't sing. Bill does. Bill does sing. But he sings a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Actually. Uh, Stage Coach Mary does sing too. A little bit. Yeah. There is, there is a little bit kind of musical quality to mm-hmm. it. That's kind of a little strange yeah but Um, i i I do really like that they took kind of like this old like southern soul music yeah and then incorporated like a very hip-hop rap style to it as well to make the soundtrack yeah it's something that uh, always kind of bothered me was um i remember when tarantino released django Mm -hmm. he had one hip-hop song with uh fucking what's his name uh i can't think of his name the guy that shout out to all my pairs I can't think of his name. I don't know. Who that big is. big what? dude. Uh, whatever his name CeeLo is. CeeLo Green? No, no, no. Uh, um, DJ Khaled? No. That's all You're the people. You're just naming fat people. I don't know anybody else. I only know fat people. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of his John name. John C. Riley? Anyway, he made a he made a there were, there was a song called 100 Black Dolphins mm-hmm. and it's like in the it's in it's in it's in a western and I remember Tarantino was getting a lot of questions of like why did you choose such a a a non-Western song for a Western movie? And Tarantino was like, but what is a Western song? <laughs> and they were like, well, it's just not traditional. But he's like, yeah, but what does that mean? He's like, does that mean that I can only then use music that had instruments that were around in that time? Mm-hmm. Or like, what's the like? It, and Tarantino's argument was just like, you're you're what you're asking me is does is it just doesn't make any sense because I like the song, I thought it fit, and that's what it is. Like, it's just a song, mm-hmm. and this movie completely just ramps that up to a hundred, yeah. where it's like it's pretty much almost all hip hop. 
Yeah. And I'm a fan of hip hop. Mm-hmm. I know you're not the biggest fan of it, but, but I love the soundtrack of this. The soundtrack is great. Uh, the the one CeeLo Green song on here called um, what is it called? Black Mile. Or yes. Something, yes. When Nat like, Love is like riding into town, really to stagecoach Mary. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Um, and then I, the director Jeremy or James, uh, or James like fucking. He apparently like I don't know I was like looking at the music and it's like it's all him but it's like him like the songs existed I guess and mm-hmm. then he like remixed them and stuff so it's like this guy it's it, this movie felt like a real a labor of love mm-hmm. and b it felt like hey I'm trying to make a movie nobody's fucking buying it nobody wants to do it so I'm just gonna make it myself yeah and and it's like okay and in that case i don't have a i don't have a you know 500 million dollars to make a to make a western so that means i'm i'm in charge of doing the fucking story mm-hmm. i got to direct i got to do the music it, i i got to save as much money as i can and still get this thing done and there are some elements of the film that i do think feel like a one man show mm-hmm. that don't necessarily uh, work and just it, it feels a little amateurish mm-hmm. um, but then there are other elements that I'm like this seems like a grandiose fucking western yeah I think the ending gets really sloppy like and just not satisfying yeah I mean the ending itself like we can we can touch on but like I, I want to make like that whole thing towards the end of this because okay. um, I want to talk about the ending but yeah like there it does get like a little too shaky cam for me that that's like not even it, it felt like the whole film was building up to this one moment mm-hmm. and then like i don't know it just didn't i don't know i felt like the the battle at the end just wasn't really i thought gratifying for me i i think like the last like 30 minutes of it it gets gratifying and then the last like 5 minutes just, just kind of like yeah, slows it, it, it down you're it like what it plummets it very very much so um that being said, though, you did mention Tarantino in this, and like I, I was reading a bunch of stuff where it's like a lot of people compared where it's like, oh, it feels like a Tarantino film. Uh, see, I kind of disagree because you mentioned that to me yeah. in the beginning, and I kind of said that to, like last week to you. I was like, I, I don't, I kind of understand it, but I also just, I feel like this movie does have its own voice. Oh, absolutely, but like I can see like little snippets of Tarantino, especially with like when they're going to like when you have Treacherous Trudy and Cherokee Bill like leading the gang and like going to um, get Rufus Buck out of the train, like you have those shots where it's like, it's kind of like split screen and that feels a little Tarantino-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening when you first meet Nat Love, just that Inglorious Bastards. Very <laughs> Tarantino. Just the opening to Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, and I thought that was really, really cool, especially too, because it's like, it's so over the top that he's just like shooting him in the air. Yeah. And one of the bullets was the reason he shot so far up. Yeah. So, I mean, that part, like I thought was cool. Um, definitely though, I, like I would, I would make the argument that it's definitely not as good as Tarantino no and you again too you mentioned where it's like some spots feel like it's a one-man show and I don't know about you but like a lot of the buildings like to me how they looked like when people were riding in just looked like it was a giant cardboard cutout well yeah like yeah it does look kind of yeah like again (laughs) like uh, low budget which I don't have a problem with Mm -hmm. I am all about fucking just doing it getting it done and if it doesn't take away from the story, then like if you can if you can sell me on so like look something that something that um, I kind of compare to is um, do you know you, you have you seen Stranger Things? Yeah. 
So just season one and two, though, because I think that's all that matters. Yeah, I never saw season three either, actually. That's <laughs> funny. And I think they're probably coming out with four. Anyway, um, season one of Stranger Things, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. But there is a noticeable CGI Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. But I have been sold by the characters and the world, and I care about what's going on that... You get a pass. That you get a pass with the CGI because I am fully invested. Mm-hmm. This movie, I feel like, for the most part, I am fully invested. So the little quirks of... Hey, this looks a little amateurish. That building just does not look realistic. The mm-hmm. location seems kind of weird, blah, 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 blah. They get passes because you can tell how much love is there. And you can see that. this. And, and at the end of the day, it's a really good story. And it's a yeah. fun Western movie. The only thing that kind of like just doesn't fully match up is the whole reason like why... Rufus Buck, like, when he gets out, he's trying to, like, build up all this money for the town. That, to me, had, I just was like, what? Yeah. What are you doing? That didn't make any sense, and that's why, like, I didn't care about that, because you still had the revenge aspect of Nat Love and him. Yeah. So it's like, that's the real thing that's kind of pulling it apart, and then the whole thing with, like, Stagecoach Mary getting, like, captured. Yeah. Stupid fucking move, by the way, um, by, by Mary. Like, they know each other. They know who they run with. Why are you gonna go in... Literally two days after he got out and after he got his money stolen and try to come up with this plan of like, oh, you know, I'm in the business for like making money now and I want to like buy your saloon so you can get money. Yeah. And it's like, obviously he's a smart man. He knows that like you're trying to pull a fast one on him. Right. And then that becomes another side plot. Yeah. Of like, okay, we got to do this bank robbery to get Mary. Right. And that part I was like, okay, that's cool. That kind of has like a like a webbing effect of Rufus Buck's plan of getting the money for the town. Yeah. Because again, I just did not care for that portion of it. But like now it makes sense. And I thought, and I think that it's kind of an interesting choice. I'm not going to say, I don't, I won't, I'll, I have an opinion, but I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll, 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 I want you to tell me what you think first. But I think it was an interesting choice to almost have your main villain not really in the movie that much. Because the whole, the whole movie you are just, he is Nat is trying to get to Rufus. Mm-hmm. And then for the majority of the main shootout where it's like we are here, mm-hmm. Rufus is just standing in the window <laughs> just watching. watching the whole thing happen in a suit. And like mm-hmm. he and I don't and I don't know if it was because again he's like not trying to be this western outlaw anymore and he's trying to like overtake this town and become like the mayor or whatever the fuck he's trying to do <laughs> or like what it is and he's like this is now beneath me yeah. but like you can't you can't first off the train scene when they release him mm-hmm. is fucking awesome oh absolutely um, when he's like kill everybody but him yeah and like he's walking out mm-hmm. and all that it's like okay that's cool but, like, you can't go from that savage kind of, like, mentality to then just, we are going at you the entire movie. We are building up to this thing. And then and then the majority of the buildup and, and, and the payoff is just you standing in the window, not in the fight. You're not, you're not there. Yeah, I know. Because it does feel like he is kind of like this final boss. Yeah. And you don't, again, you don't really get the payoff of it. But I almost, because... Because the thing is, you get, like, a snippet of it as well, like, with him and Wiley when they get into the brawl. And, like, he just bashes his teeth in. And it's like, okay, you understand, like, how horrible this man is. Um, I almost... 
I go back and forth with it, but I almost like the idea that you don't get a lot of Rufus Buck because you get more of the idea of Rufus Buck. Like, you get the stories of, like, you know, how terrible he is and how, like, his name brings fear and, like, all these things that he's done. Yeah. And he doesn't even say much in the film, which sucks because it's Idris Elba and, like, I just love that man for talking. Yeah. But you don't you don't even get him, like, talking that much. He just kind of, like, looks and nods <laughs> and, and is crew just knows yeah so it it gives you this kind of like almost aura around him that he is this big baddie that cannot be touched yeah i and and i and i guess i get that but in a western i want my i want my villain to be a bastard yeah and i want him to be a hateful son of a bitch Mm -hmm. and i need to see him and i need to and i need to to hate him you know, and I need to hate him because I need my protagonist to get the revenge and it feel and it and yeah. having it feel fulfilling. And unfortunately, I just don't think that we get that. No. One other thing, because before we get to like the really ending, mm-hmm. I really want to talk about Cherokee Bill. I was hoping you were going to bring this up. I've had time to sit with this, and I think my answer is going to be much different from yours. I still hate it. I know you do. <laughs> so the whole thing is like build. The whole movie really is building to Jim. And Cherokee Bill doing a standoff because Jim's trying to say that he is the fastest yeah. in a quick draw. Yeah. And Cherokee Bill is known as like the fastest in the land. But also not really. No, exactly. Because he's kind of known as like shooting people in the back mm-hmm. and like not and you know, not he's definitely fast. Oh yeah. But he's also like dirty. Yeah, exactly. And when you get finally because you get that that fake out standoff. Where Cherokee Bill's just like, nah, I'm gonna go take a drink. Yeah, and I like that. I did too. I, I was like, okay, that's fun because yeah. especially the guy who plays Jim is like really great. We said, but mm. I've been fucking preparing that speech and all that. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is funny, but like, we're gonna get here eventually. I yeah. know that like that's not gonna be the end of this. Yeah, and then when you finally do get the standoff, and you have the countdown, and of course, like Jim has the fucking bullet that he loads that says Cherokee on it. Yeah, and it's amazing. You're like, okay, here we go. And then Cherokee and then just Cherokee fucking Bill. shoots him in the face mm-hmm. without, again, you just kind of shoots him before he's ready. Yeah, and I've had time now watching this twice. I've had time to kind of, like, think about that. Because at first I was like, that's stupid. Like, you just fucking, you wasted my time of, like, a, a quick draw. And I actually like it because, one, you have a really great shot of, like, the silhouettes from, like, up above of Cherokee Bill and Jim. But the fact that Cherokee shot him in the face before the count was over just kind of like implied this whole thing that bill wasn't actually the fastest like he never is the fastest he's just the cheater right and he's faster at cheating and to me that was like a a weird character shift because again like you said you know that he's fast from on the train when he cuts up the guy's legs but his whole like image is actually just like a facade yeah it's it's just people like hearsay and i don't know i i thought it was actually pretty cool because you don't actually get that you get the idea and then when you actually get face to face it shows that like he's a liar and i guess that kind of works because he is running with this gang that is so devious yeah that like he is the cheater i don't know i guess i guess i would have appreciated it more if you saw that like with more disposable characters yeah and then and then you get the actual build up because when what's her name 
Coffee? Coffee Gick. When she actually ends up shooting him, she mm. says that one little kind of like sidebar of a mm. line where she goes, He was faster. Jim was faster than me. Where it's like, Okay, then now that that is that is implying that there would be there was really no chance that Cherokee Bill was even going to actually if this was if it was a proper like real duel mm-hmm. then Cherokee Bill would have lost. So that that kind of builds up like what you're saying where it's like oh okay so Cherokee Bill is just a fucking nobody really. Yeah. But again, it just it I know, wasn't it, it wasn't gratifying. No, it wasn't. And, and again, and I think for me like westerns just need to be gratifying. Mm-hmm. In everything, like you need to have the characters, like I was saying with Rufus, like you need to have a bastard of a mm-hmm. fucking of an enemy, and you don't get that really. Yeah. And if you're gonna have a guy who's claiming to be the fastest gunslinger and blah 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 blah, you better show it. I better I better see it. And if you're gonna build up an entire fucking hour and forty minutes to this to this standoff. And then you don't get the standoff. It's like I have blue balls. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You almost get like a weird modernized standoff because, again, like it's not out in the dust. It's not out with like the um, the crop ball like blowing in. It's just two people in a bar literally five feet away from each other like us. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's it's a weird standoff. Yeah. It's an it's an uncommon standoff. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just because like Samuel was like, hey, let me do something different. But I I do get what you mean because as an idea standpoint, it's cool that like you know you're you're getting false information the entire film. Yeah. But a movie standpoint, From a movie standpoint you want that gratification. It's not. Yeah. It's just not gratifying. It's that and that's unfortunate. And unfortunately, I did like as as for you, I. I did not find the ending, especially like with the twist that I felt yeah. like was kind of unnecessary. I, I not gratifying no, at all. Cause we're just going to say it. Rufus Buck basically lays out everything when Nat love finally gets to him that they're brothers. Yeah. And that the reason that Rufus killed his dad and mom was because years prior, their dad was a bastard, an outlaw, a drunk, um, and basically ran off. And then ran away from it, became a priest, got sober, had a new family, and became a good man. Yeah. And Rufus wants that revenge of, like, you know, you destroyed my family, so I'm going to destroy yours. Yeah. And I just, I did, I, <laughs> I get it, but, like, I just, I wanted an actual standoff. And, and again, I, I want a proper standoff. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it, like, on an emotional standpoint, like, it was supposed to be very, like, sweat, like, Oh man, like this is just so heartbreaking. It just didn't quite land for me, unfortunately. No. I mean, the only thing that you can kind of say is that Rufus did win. Because his whole thing was like, you know, t- like I got my final revenge. Now take yours cuz I couldn't kill my brother, but you can. Yeah. So it's kind of like Rufus daring him to become more dastardly than him. Yeah. And that's the only snippet where Rufus is a bastard. Mhm. Because he he killed the family, he started this whole thing, and now he's egging him on to kill him. And when Nat Love finally does it, he like Rufus won. Yeah, Rufus was the bad guy that won. Yeah, but it just doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And then they had the balls to fucking put at the very end, treacherous Trudy with her hat saying like, "Oh, we're gonna get a fucking sequel." Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. 
I also don't know if I want that. I kind of don't want it, truthfully. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I, I, I'm fine with the, again. And overall, I really actually, I really like the movie. Oh yeah, there there are some missteps along the way, but I mean, Nat Love. Oh, amazing! Great character. Yeah. I mean, when when he's when he grows up mm-hmm. and he is at the church. Yes, and the the Spanish guy comes in. Mm-hmm. And he's got like the fucking Jesus tattoo. Cortez. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like that's all. Awesome. Like that is so great. Like he that was- is a classic Western scene right there. That is for like a 2021 Western scene. Exactly. And like everything about him, like character wise just felt great. Yeah. And he was so likable. Oh yeah. And you really felt for him when, even, when shit wasn't going his way, even the cross like etched into his head. I yeah. thought that was a really cool kind of thing to like make him stand out. Right. You gotta have, have a, you gotta have a character that has like their thing. Yeah. Right. And like the, the scar on his head is kind of great because he walks with that, you know, wherever he goes and it's a reminder of what happened. Exactly. And that's great. Mm-hmm. I like I really, really like Regina King. Yeah, she's a great lot in this movie. She is great. Um again, Zazie Beats as yeah. Stagecoach Mary, absolutely great. Her song in the the saloon, fantastic. Like yeah. my favorite song in it. Yeah. Um Jim, just the comic relief, fantastic. Yeah. Bill, I thought he was cool as like the marksman. He had like a little bit going on yeah, with like yeah. the coin. He, 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 it's kind of like surprising because like you get a lot of character development with so many of them, but then you also just don't get a lot of character development with some yeah. of them. Like you kind of get snippets of Bass Reeves, the the marshal. Yeah, it's like you, he's older. You don't really get as much of him. You just know that like he is the marshal, but he's also kind of a bastard as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. He'll fuck shit up if he has to. Yeah. Um. But again, like everything from. From the moment that Jim got killed and then everything started going haywire, like the fights itself, great. And then once you get to uh, Nat and, and Brofus, that's yeah. when it was like, eh. Yeah. But that middle portion, that was awesome. That like, was. It was fun. Yeah. It was, like it, was, it was just a fun, like, Western tale. Yeah. And you don't get a lot of modern Western movies. No, especially not ones that, like, that are this kind of, like, pace like the pacing on this one mm-hmm. a lot of um you know like if i'm if i'm thinking of i'm trying to think of like like 310 to yuma like just not like it's a great western it's really really good but mm-hmm. way like super serious and like very you know um and you know uh host hostels or right hostiles whatever yeah. hostels uh with christian bale mm-hmm. like not really so much a, tradi- a traditional western but again like very just dry and real serious and those are great, mm-hmm. but this movie has a fun factor yeah. that, again, kind of like a Tarantino-esque Django, like where it's the the subject matter is, is serious and what's going on in the characters' lives are serious, but there's a certain energy to this film. Yeah, that, I, I think the lighting too, like the like how bright and like vibrant everything is, yeah, also adds to it. Yeah. One small last thing before we finish, um, I really fucking wish. <laughs> I really <laughs> wish the straight razor came into play somehow. Oh, right. Yeah. Cuz like he like Rufus gives him the straight razor that he cut him with. Yeah. And we just don't get anything from yeah, that. Like, I I just feel like that was kind of like wasted talent right there. <laughs> like yeah. you you had everything backstory set up for that and just nothing. Yeah. But again, overall I I really like this film. I give it 8 straight razors out of 10. I give it 7. Mm. Um Zach you have a recommendation? I do. Something that goes along with Westerns very well is tattooing. <laughs> and um, <laughs> um, something that I've kind of been obviously heavily tattooed, um, but very interested from finger, an finger early dots. age. 
Oh yeah, the finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those finger dots. <laughs> um, no, like a uh, inked magazine was something that was like really really cool when I was younger. Okay. Um, where I would try and like check it out where it's like whatever newsstand or whatever like uh store was selling them. Like I would I would never buy them, but I would like go through and look and see like all these artists and like what they've done. And it was like later on that you would see like they would cover like music and they would cover like fashion and they would cover like art itself and like sports like with tattooing. Um and then it was probably a few years now ago that they decided to make a YouTube channel. And that's oh, okay. what yeah, that's what I follow a lot. Um what I like about it is you're getting like exposure to all these different tattoo artists. And they put up like their their Instagram handles too, so you can actually go and like check them out and like see what their work is like. But it's just fun where it's like you'll get a bunch of them and like they'll review something. Like they'll review like TikTokers tattoos or like fucking like sports um like performer tattoos. Um they'll look up like the worst tattoos and kind of like judge them or see like who has the specific one and then they go like really really in depth with like just personal ones where it's like they'll have like one or two people in a video where they kind of give you like their entire journey of becoming an artist and becoming like heavily tattooed or even so like you know some people that might have gotten them all in prison and now like are sharing their story with it Mm. so it was something that was just really cool more so i like the the YouTube channel at this point, but like as a whole, it was kind of like this thing in the 90s where it brought tattooing to light and like kind of made it mainstream. Yeah. Where it's not so like, ooh, you're a biker or a tattoo artist or delinquent now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was like kind of like you own a coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you that's work what, at a coffee shop. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, like it was very cool where it's kind of like this one magazine ended up bringing to light a lot of things cool nice i like that frank what are we doing next so we talk a lot about uh movies obviously Mm -hmm. and we talk a lot about specific scenes and and different visuals but one thing that never gets a lot of love is sound there's a lot of that sound design and music and Mm -hmm. scores that go with uh, go with the films so I wanted to cherry pick some great moments of sound in film. Okay. So look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, shiny shit gets shot. <laughs>